All right, gang, I suppose it's time to, to party up, check out some NPCs' wares, and, and quest away for this week's side stitch. Yeah, we're going to talk some RPGs in this place, huh? Thank RPGesus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's a much more forgiving God than, uh, than uh, RN Jesus. Oh, um, yes, yeah. no. No, we don't Aware like RN Jesus. the wrath of RN Jesus. Yes, yeah. he's what keeps you from getting shiny Pokemon and literally any odd that you should ever want in a game. Yeah. I don't need to have sex when I keep getting fucked by RN Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you where I'm coming from. <laughs> yeah. And like you, at least like speaking of like that, like touching on that a little bit, like I brought up Pokemon Shinies. Um, you at least have like, I don't want to, I guess the comfort of starting with Pokemon Go um, when oh. shiny hunting, because at least in Pokemon Go, the odds are more favorable than in the original like RPG games. Oh, yeah, you're picking up shinies every other day, Pokemon Go. Yeah. Here's a shiny, there's a shiny. Mm -hmm. You have an event where it's shinies for, for days for everyone. Shinies like, for day. everybody. Mm -hmm. Shinies for everybody. Uh, but in freaking uh, the handheld games, like you had to like equip that damn Poke Radar. You had to go into a patch of grass. Then you had to hopefully see which patch of grass wiggled differently than the others and go to that one and just keep doing that and chaining the same Pokemon over and over again until it changed color. Um, yeah. And then, even then, like you could fuck up that chain, and then you're Very just easily. out hours of your life. Yeah, yeah. Speaking Joe. from experience, it was painful. Yeah, just like Fleetwood Mac, dude. You never break the chain. You never break the chain. <laughs> yeah, um, showing our age a little bit here, but yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but we wanted to talk about our favorite RPGs because Joe, Chelsea, we all realized that when we were doing research on RPGs here. Um, God, there's a there's a fucking lot of history in it. Yeah, oh. it's uh, an extensive library to say the least uh, <laughs> of, of of a video game genre. Like uh, we were talking before this a little bit, I like doing research. Like you know what? Let's start easy because this is overwhelming. Give me the top ten RPGs of all time. I go to IGN.com, and you know what they have? Best we can do: top one hundred RPG games of all time. And it's like, oh. God damn it. Hmm. <laughs> Well, luckily for us today, we're just talking about stuff that we love, the the favorites, kind of like what we did with The Legend of Zelda. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's 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 the opposite of Bloodborne's easy mode, which doesn't exist. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm a hard pass on those franchises. I'm not oh, going to lie. Same after well, like at least like my RPG strategy. Which I think Chelsea, I think you have the same one. Where like you know what, we're gonna fucking just kill boars for like hours. <laughs> Until like we can just destroy the first few bosses with like zero effort. Um, <laughs> Bloodborne doesn't fucking let you do that, and it drove me nuts. I'm like That's no, because Bloodborne doesn't care. No, it doesn't. Like oh, this is the first boss. You spent like three hours leveling in the first like village. Okay, guess what? The boss just matched all the things that you just did, and yeah. is still really hard and doesn't care. Ouch. Yep. Yeah. Bloodborne no. was made to crush dreams. It really was. I think it it was made to sell more controllers because they were getting broken constantly. Oh yes. The, the otherwise known as the Puss in Boots marketing tactic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Which, oh my gosh. It's a story that you will hear at some point. 
We haven't gotten there yet, mm-hmm. but at some point we will tell you. We'll regale you with the the Puss in Boots story. Oh yes, and the uh, Mark's quest to get was it level forty on PSN? Was that the mm-hmm. thing, or was it forty platinums? It it was uh, oh, one hundred platinums. One hundred platinums. That's what it was. Yeah. That but, is yeah. a feat, sir. Yes, <laughs> it is. It is Quentin Tarantino feat. Mm-hmm. After a while, um, oh, Chelsea, which is gross. I think. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's a whole other. I, I assume that was just a weird fetish. It involved <laughs> Quentin Tarantino and feet. Um, but Chelsea, like when we get to the Tomb Raider um, chapter of that platinum story, I think you'll thoroughly enjoy it. But hey, RPGs that do not break us like Bloodborne, um, <laughs> we have them. We have some that we like. So, like of the ones that we're going for here, um, what decade did our favorites come out? so hard when when you guys asked me you know specifically come with your favorite rpg i think Mm -hmm. i had an existential crisis (laughs) (laughs) it was ridiculous so i had a a lot of options that i i weighed through and then i finally just settled on one that just left me my heart just happy it was so much fun to play through you know, the art style was amazing. The characters were awesome. The story is really great. And it is just like a whole bunch of dorky fun packed in there as well, too. Oh, nice. Yes. So, mm-hmm. and Joe, we've definitely touched on this before, but I offer up to you my submission of yeah. Dragon Quest. Yes, Dragon Quest. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Specifically... Mm-hmm. Um, Dragon Quest Eleven. Yeah, I was gonna say because there've been there've been quite a few Dragon Quests. Yes, uh, since yes. they started the first one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but yes, Dragon Quest Eleven, Echoes of the Elusive Age. That's my jam. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, tell us some more about it. It's like, um, like I mean, a general story, um, um, gameplay a little bit. What really, what really drew? Like, I know you said, like, uh, like the characters and kind of like their their quirky dorkiness. Um, you really enjoyed, but yeah, let's let's talk more about that. So, like, what about like the, who's the main character in uh, Dragon Quest Eleven? Yes. Yeah, so the main character, it's kind of like one of those, um, like all of a sudden you're the chosen one type of uh, a scenario. So that's been mm-hmm. done, obviously, mm-hmm. plenty of times in in the past before, but essentially you're, you know, this person who previously just an un, unknown person, um, you know, living in your little hometown with with your family and your friends. Ah, yes, and rags to riches, very Dickensian. Yes, rags to riches, <laughs> definitely like a coming of age story as well too. <clears throat> um, and essentially, I don't want to give away like a lot of spoilers, but Mm -hmm. you, you know, you come to find out that you are, you know, more than just some peasant person. Oh yeah. The chosen one. Yes. Yes, exactly. And so then you're, you know, tearing off to defeat the baddies and put together your ragtag team of people that don't fit together. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's very, they do a whole mm-hmm. lot of um, touching on different types of 
lores and things like that. Like mm -hmm. Yggdrasil plays a big, you know, the Tree of Life plays a big part um, of the theme in this game. And it just has a very, it has a very good depth of, of, of story and, and twists and things like that. I really don't want to give oh, much no, of yeah, anything definitely. away for mm -hmm. people that haven't played because a, not a lot is super known to your character in the beginning. And mm -hmm. there are, it's, it's very, the story is very good and there are a lot of twists and turns throughout the whole thing. So I don't want to totally nice. spoil it by going yeah. into like a whole lot of, of the story itself. Okay. Um, so as the name implies, uh, with dragons and questing, are these separate entities or are you questing for a specific dragon? <laughs> yeah, there really aren't many dragons. <laughs> no, that's fair. <laughs> a little misleading, but I suppose. <laughs> yeah, um, very few. Yes, it's not like what you would think that you're going to be, you know, flying around on a on a dragon or riding into battle on a dragon or anything mm -hmm. like that. That's not not really the case, but you do run into, you know, it's an open world that's very much like you can see, it's not a random battle type situation. You can see all your bad guys, which is oh, great. Yeah. You're They're wanting to about. Mm -hmm. avoid them. Mm. You know, avoiding is completely something that you can do. Um, but it is also one of those games where you, I found myself at least, you know, grinding, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> killing everything in sight mm -hmm. and looting because obviously there's stuff to be found all over the place and so you want to explore everything naturally um but yeah essentially you you play this part of the the luminary is what is what they everybody calls you that's what it comes out for you to be known as and essentially mm -hmm. the luminary is going to you know, they have a special power bestowed upon them and they are going to you know, stop the darkness, stop the bad guy. Yeah. Um, the dark one, as as they call him. Um, mm -hmm. So. Oh, my. Yes. But along the way, there's a lot of things to distract you, you know. Oh, of course. <laughs> Lots of little side things. quests that have nothing to do with worrying about the end of all days and time <laughs> as we know it. <laughs> Um, I mean, well, I mean, you need distractions from those things. You can't take the end of the every, everything too seriously. I completely agree. And <laughs> when my husband and I were playing through this game together the first time, um, because you know you're married, so you've got to share. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we both had an extended period of time off of work. It was like right around the holidays. I think mm -hmm. like we both had something like twelve or fourteen days off. Ooh. Yes. That's that's amazing. a questing time. It, yeah. And that's essentially what we did. <laughs> <laughs> we beat the entire game in that stretch. We would wake up in the morning, play Dragon Quest until you know late hours of night, early hours of the morning. <laughs> and specifically, this is just a good example of the weird and wonky crap you can get into as well. There's mm -hmm. one city and it has this ridiculous casino and everything like that in it. Oh. And part of, now this kind of touch back, touches back on platinuming because we were, we were dead set on platinuming this game. Oh yes. yeah. Mm -hmm. Beat the whole of, game. And part of that required us to literally spend like 
actual 48 hours doing shit in this casino. Like it's, oh, that wasn't oh, the oh. achievement, but it's what it took. <laughs> <laughs> and by the end of it, we're both too, probably, you know, just at this point, tired beyond all belief and so everything is just hilarious now but you know there were literally two people like screaming and cheering at a tv like for a roulette wheel and stuff like that like it got it got so nuts which is fun because it had nothing to do with the game and yet Mm -hmm. we spent all of this time (laughs) just playing a little teeny tiny part of the mini game um oh man that, that, oh, yes. That's reminiscent of uh, Little Big Planet because I was going for the oh, yes. or, or Little Big Planet carding, I should say, the carding game. Uh, there is a, a trophy in there where you had to basically be in the level editor for 100 hours. Oh, wow. So, Yikes. So, yeah. So <laughs> I, I figured out a series of rubber bands. And, yeah, I was uh, going to mm-hmm. <laughs> made, made that one happen. Yeah, we did the same thing with Rocket League. Yes, and Rocket League. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's down. amazing. Oh man. But yeah, like maybe like those little things are, you know, like the side, like the side quests and those mini games, they were make these things so much fun though. Like, of yeah. course, you've got like the main quest and everything going on, but it's kind of fun to take a break from it in the midst of like this massive like quest that you're on and just really enjoy yourself and the people you're playing with, um, uh, playing the game. It's the end of the world, but let me go check out this roulette table. I mean, <laughs> there's time. Put it all on black. <laughs> let it ride. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I only got to play this game for a little bit, so I'm happy that y'all have appreciated it a little bit more because, I mean, I loved it, but the the only problem was is I, I picked up employment that made me work a lot more than I ever did previously. So, oh, to, see, That's the worst. Yeah, I had to give up some time, unfortunately. Oh, that's gross. I would absolutely say if you ever have time to go back and only and just visit a game, this is one absolutely worth visiting. Uh, it is great. <laughs> <laughs> Dragon Quest Eleven is on the list. Boom. Well, I I would like to kind of keep us in in the traditional you know, like RPG space for a minute. Oh yeah. Um my rpg favorite or at least one of my early favorites i should say because i evolved over time just like a lot of people have um but one of my favorite rpgs of all time came out in 1994. yeah obviously i was a, a much younger man back then or younger boy i yes, should say a much so much shorter mark yes much shorter much wider um had much better hairline but ultimately my brother and i gravitated to a game called shining force 2. Um, have you all played that one at all I have not Mm-mm. played that one. Mm-mm. Oh, it is it is your classic story of you know ancient evil that has been sealed away, you know, a la you know Legend of Zelda type of thing. Oh yeah, every RPG. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Or most I should say most most RPGs are fantasy based that revolve around the great evil sealed away has oh. awoken. Yes, <laughs> like like indigestion after a big meal. It is, it's locked away, but it's going to break itself out after mm-hmm. a little bit here. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like one small pepperoni slice away from cracking. <laughs> and in which case, Shining Force 2 starts off the same way. You know, you got your, your serene and happy kingdom, right? That was mm-hmm. just, just waiting to get split in half um, by this ancient evil. And so Shining Force 2 starts off in that similar way where you wake up in your bed, you hop on out, everything seems all right. 
And people are like, hey, you know what? There's a big deal going on at the castle. Why don't you go check it out? Ultimately, your main character gets shifted into the, the Shining Force, as the Ooh. title of the game would imply. You lead the Shining Force. It's a group of folks that, you know, as you as you move along on your quest, you pick up folks along the way who help you. Oh, out, as right? always. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's usually like, you know, a uh, dependable mage in there, a oh, lecherous yeah. priest or two. Um, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thick boy holding an axe, which is like, you know, <laughs> I gravitate towards that player naturally, right? <laughs> yeah. There's going to be one known player in yes. the game, damn it. <laughs> you just have to toss me. <laughs> I'm the dwarf yeah. character. Yes, dude. Uh, Shining Force was really fun because it is, it's, it's basically as analog as you can get uh, from some of these Sega Genesis RPGs that came out. You know, you, you have your stats, you have your your weapons that get incrementally better from you know from zone to zone, right? Yep. Um, what's really cool about it, though, and this is something that we didn't find out through our first playthrough of the game, is that there are actually hidden items along the way that Ooh. either you have to unlock or you have to navigate a maze, and you can't actually see these things. You just have to know they're there or explore <laughs> quite a bit, and they can actually fundamentally change the class of characters that you have. So you can level up, uh, in a, you know, in the, in the standard linear fashion, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you acquire certain skills and you, you know, whatever. It, it, it feels, you know, like your standard RPG. But then when you start to get into these other leveling items that you had no clue about, suddenly you've got characters who are doing these like crazy different things. And so when we found out about these and we changed up the, the formula, we're like, holy crap, I have a abilities i don't even know how to use like what, what do i do with these now <laughs> and so shining force is really great for that yeah it's like <laughs> I mean, so you're, you're I, I was eight years old my brother was 10 you know yeah so that makes it like your spider-man the first movie just yelling out go web go and shazam <laughs> nothing's Basically. happening yeah exactly yeah we're all wearing tapered jeans and you know we've got spiked hair with with uh, awful hair gel and then suddenly someone's like you know what try out this moose try out these fitted pants <laughs> see what you think <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's what these leveling items were like. These evolve items were like. And so, um, the game was tremendously fun. I mean, I, I have mentioned before, it does feel kind of analog. It's a it's a ninety four RPG, mm -hmm. right? Um, but the different classes that you can achieve, um, and then just the variations of folks that can join your party. There's so many of them. I think there's like minimum twelve to fifteen different classes that can join your party. At oh any time. Wow. wow! Yeah, that's yeah. that's a lot of that's a lot of folks. Yeah, yeah. that is. Yeah, it, and the combat is like a checkerboard too. So mm -hmm. it, it, it basically places over the zone that you're in and then you move your party accordingly. So it's nice to have that kind of variation because then you can figure out, okay, um, this mage will affect this zone when it casts a spell and you can bring in different classes and, and each one does something a little bit differently. So yeah, it, it was definitely um, a really good entry point for someone who hadn't played a ton of RPGs up to that you know point in time. And uh, even to this day, it remains like a high-value game. A lot of folks are still looking for this game uh, even now. So the legacy is absolutely there. Yeah, and if you are ever wondering about a gift, you can get Mark for Christmas. <laughs> he just said it right there. 
Oh yeah. I'd totally take the gift and then immediately try to flip it. Cause I already have it. I have a ton of them. I have, <laughs> there's like three okay, different so versions of it. <laughs> don't, don't give that to Mark. He will regift. <laughs> well, no, I won't regift. I will resell. You can he will bet sell your ass for a profit. Yes. <laughs> I was trying to like be nice about it. Like, Oh no, I'll just give it to someone else. who enjoy it. No, Mark is going to profit off of your dumb ass. You get him that game. <laughs> yes. um, so no one get that game for Mark. Yeah, don't buy Shining Force 2 for Mark. Please don't do that. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I mean, I think I'm going to like uh, my game, like sandwiches right in the middle then because you had Mark's in 94. Um, Chelsea's came out in what, 2000 and probably 2017? Oh, wow. I was way oh, off. Okay. Yeah, is one Dragon Quest was released and then they did a. Um, like a revamped edition, like oh, a 2020. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I'm not so much in the middle, so much as like, I don't know, right above the bottom layer of bread that is Mark in this sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> That's a thick piece of bread. That's meant, a, to, meant to soak up gravy, goddammit. It is a solid piece of European bread oh. that has not been cut, just torn apart. Damn right. Oh, bitch, guys, now I want bread. Yeah, the best <laughs> of carbs are those ones. <laughs> well, I am like the slice of cheese hanging out towards the bottom. That wasn't supposed to be there, but you put it anyway because who doesn't fucking love cheese? It's delicious. <laughs> but uh, my my game is, I think I've talked about it a little bit about on the podcast before, is actually Lunar, um, the Silver Star uh, Complete. Silver Star Story Complete. It was a uh, actually the third version of this same game uh, that originally came out on I think the Sega CD in like yeah, 1994, yeah. I think and it was then they six. That was a Saturn, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, Sega mm -hmm. Saturn. Yep, and then they they ported it to the PlayStation. That's when that's when I got to play it. And uh, it start the tale starts off very similar to the Legend of Zelda, where a, a friend brings it over. Except this time, I don't keep it for a full year. <laughs> sure, uh, we don't sure. do that. Uh, this is much better because we decide, because he's already played through it once. And he's like, you know what? This game is really cool. We should play through it together. I'm like, that sounds cool. This will take a long time because this game is on two different discs. You have to cart, you have to play through yeah. two discs. It's That's a long. You know it's good. It's a damn good game when it's that way. And then like the box art was cool. Um, and then it turns out like, you've got like anime cutscenes that are in this thing. Yeah. Uh, so absolutely beautiful of a game. And uh, it takes place on the moon, which has been made habitable by the goddess Athena because Earth got like fucked over when the ancient evil Zophar came over and there was a big old war. So she created a pocket dimension and just threw his ass in there. Um, and then like, well, the world's kind of fucked. Let's just live on the moon for a bit until this place gets better. Um, and that's that's the background of the story. And you pick up like several, I think, thousand years, several thousand years after that whole thing. Um, and then Zophar is going to come back. So it's a long, long game. And on top of like just the challenge of beating this with my friend, he's like, and here's what we're going to do we're not going to sleep until we beat the game. So <laughs> he, he brought it over on like a, like a Saturday morning at eight o'clock in the morning. This was the plan. And we were not going to go to bed at least until eight o'clock the next morning. Yeah. So you guys um, got dragon quest casino weird. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Made it really freaking weird. Um, <laughs> and at one point, like, uh, I think uh, I definitely fell asleep and didn't realize it. And my friend, uh, apparently was also pretty ready to get zonked. 
because he's like, yeah, I watched you walk into a wall for like 10 minutes before I figured out that you were asleep. I just kept watching you and I didn't think to actually wake you up. <laughs> so that's how this quest was going. That's how you um, know it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So good. You could, like, you fell asleep playing it because you didn't want to put it down. Um, <laughs> Because, and again, it was, definitely was not a boring story. I absolutely love this game. And I, I went back, I mean, I own it now. I, I've since bought it for myself. And I've played through it um, by myself at least a couple times. But I mean, it's like kind of like your, your, your beautiful, like Eastern RPG style. You've got a larger map that zooms into a smaller zone and you wander around the zone. And then from in the zone, you can focus on like, you know, the enemies and stuff that you meet along the way. Um, so... Like the overall goal is that you're this young man um, who dreams of becoming the Dragon Master, who is basically um, instead of like if you think like Legend of Zelda, how the goddesses put like all of their stuff into the Triforce, so you're trying to get the Triforce more powerful. Uh, this goddess like divvies her power up among four dragons, and you can beat the dragons in combat. And if you do, they will give you like a fraction of the goddess's power. Uh, so your goal is to beat all of the dragons, become the Dragon Master. Uh, and that's like kind of like the innocent goal because for a while you don't know the big bad guy is coming back, and then eventually it becomes apparent that the big bad guy is indeed coming back. Oh, um, oh, of yeah. course he's he's going to make it out of that pocket dimension, and <laughs> they always do. They always make it out of the damn pocket dimensions. Doesn't matter how many times you try sticking them in there, they're going to get them, get their asses out. And um, God, like the character fun in this game. Um, Oh, the, the main one, Alex, he's, he's fun. Um, and it turns out like the dragons and when they're younger, they actually can like make themselves look like basically these tiny cats with wings. Um, and they just kind of follow up. you around. I know, right? Like sold right there. <laughs> you've got a tiny cat with a wing with wings following you around. So yeah. you've got one character named Null, who's your, you just like, uh, before the story starts, like you just found him when you were younger and like, you've been hanging out ever since. And then you come to find out when you beat the white dragon, he's like, I'm really too old to keep doing this. So I'm just going to go ahead and die. Um, Getting too old for this shit. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and check out. And oh, by the way, your little cat, he's actually a tiny dragon. I'm going to give him the rest of my power. And then Nal can transform into a huge, massive dragon when needed. Um, except, of course, when you have to fight the final boss because you can't have that much of help when you're fighting the final boss. It just wouldn't be fair. Of course um, not. Of course not. Um, but, I mean, there are twists and turns of the game. Uh, one, like, I'm not really giving anything away because it's pretty obvious when you meet this character who is in your party, you're like, that motherfucker is going to stab me in the back one day. Like, you <laughs> just know him and you know he's going to do it. And then, lo and behold, right at the end of disc one, that motherfucker stabs you right in the back. <laughs> like, just like, go, oh, oh, what a sudden but inevitable betrayal like yeah uh, like you knew it was happening your, your your name was judas and i just never saw it coming <laughs> uh but yeah like i mean like the mechanics of this game or everything that like the three of us love about it like it's again it's um it's turn-based rpg you have mana for your moves you of course have hit points to make sure your character's gonna go down uh, uh unlike um uh, mark's game i think you only have like at most five characters in your party at a time no so can, it doesn't get really big more. you can go up to more in uh in shining force oh yeah like that i was saying like yours oh, you can go oh, way more sorry and, sorry yeah lunar you only you get you get the five kids and that's it um just well, Joe, you, you, just the five that's your max i mean if you tried to watch more than five kids at once it's just not <laughs> no not it's, it's it's hurting cats at that point and it's not easy 
you're not you're not fighting anything to success. No, I <laughs> I have taught fifty first graders in one room. Exactly. That's too much. Yep, way too many first graders in one room. Um, you should I definitely mean, get your. I had other teachers on. there, but still, yeah, yeah herding cats, <laughs> which could have been dragons. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. The Cat way they acted, they're probably dragons. <laughs> well, now that I know that I picked the absolute oldest property from all three of us, <laughs> uh, I do want to give um, some credit to a more recent and, uh, you know, possibly dividing or, um, you know, controversial game. Is this time uh, for honorable mentions? I, honorable yes, mentions. yes. I absolutely want to do an honorable mention here because this is a game that I've actually played through twice on on two different platforms. So y'all have heard a little indie game called uh, Mass Effect. That, that's uh -huh. a joke, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, very dry delivery. Once or twice. <laughs> once or twice. It, it's, it's, it's come up here and there. I think I saw it in passing before. <laughs> yeah. They barely put any money into this game. It's a surprise that anyone's even heard of it. Um, <laughs> I, I know that when the trilogy fully came out, this is before Andromeda, which was a spinoff of it. I was um, going to say, I yeah. feelings already. <laughs> well, okay. Let me, let me put it this way. The, the mixed feelings of the entire game and playing it all the way through, sure. I, I understand it, right? Like, I'm not trying to invalidate people that, that thought that because I understand the viewpoint. Really, what I came to appreciate for Mass Effect, even though it's not a traditional RPG, right? Like, it's not like a standard um, JRPG that we've kind of talked about, right? That kind of style. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, you have players that you can pretty much any time swap it in out of your party. You know, you've got different weapons. You collect things along the way. You can customize skills. That stuff's pretty normal. Um, the strength of this series, though, was the fact that you have decisions that you make that do alter the story depending on the moment that you're in, but also the next game and the game after that, that mm -hmm. your decisions stay with you. So uh, ultimately, I know people got really upset about the third game. We won't get into that today because, you know, it's a... It kind of divided everybody like a nice butt crack of fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, sure. You can sleep with literally every other main character in the game, but And why not? Yeah, why not? That's that's, that's why you, that's why you name your character, you know, number one or Commander Riker, mm -hmm. and you just go fuck everything with, you know, that can walk. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the exact opposite like vibe as like when you name Link my dude. In any game. Yeah, yes. Because then it completely melts the situation with the great deck. You're just like, my dude, welcome. Yes. <laughs> or, or Finally, fuck face. my dude, you're here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love to name my character Fuckface. This was like from like age 12 onward. It's like, oh, look who shows up. It's Fuckface. Or... Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, that's what you always named your rival in Pokemon, too. I was going like, to say, everyone's gonna... naming Blue Douche, right? Yeah. Like, it's just. It's... <laughs> Like, my grandson douche yeah <laughs> gary is an option but he's not going to be gary only <laughs> only in the Hell anime no. No. he's douchebag in <laughs> when you play honestly that that was an experience for me even though uh the third entry in the series like i said it was very controversial people got really kind of upset over it it was boring well, yes, <laughs> I, I get it. it it's it's the it's the fallacy of what happens in a lot of these 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 like not even just games like movies where people have kind of gotten these great expectations because yeah. the experiences have been that great and then things just kind of deflate because yeah. they have to end at some point mm -hmm. and so 
you start to get really hard on the decisions. You get really granular with things and you, you know, I, I understand it, Chelsea. Trust me, I do. I really yeah. understand it. But for me, that was an honorable mention. I had to get it out there before we, we hit that stop button. No, I think it makes sense. It's a good honorable mention because uh, the rest of the series I'm a huge fan of. I think it it's great, you know, the the depth and of the choices meaning so much mm-hmm. and each game having the potential to look so different than the next is is important especially when we're talking about genres like these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I I thought that was a game that um because, like I said, you're not just making a decision for one game. And, Joe, if you haven't played it mm-hmm. before, we're not just talking about, like, you put on a different shirt and someone notices it in the next game. <laughs> no. it's, like, it's like you decided to save an entire race of beings, and now they exist and they did something in this game. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's... I, I just have, like, a... Like, I don't... I'm not... I, I don't program games by any reason, but I just have to imagine that's a big fucking programming nightmare. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. my god, the amount of depth and attention you have to put in like, oh, like literally like this guy killed a moth in game one. Uh-oh. <laughs> Turns out there's an entire planet of giant moths and that was their prince. And now they're coming <laughs> to fuck the earth over. That doesn't actually happen, but I feel like that's what could happen. Mass Effect 4, Revenge of the Moths. Yeah, or again, like again, like you slept with the wrong person, and then in game three, it turns out that person definitely had space aids. Oh yeah. I could see the value in, in making a game like that. Mm-hmm. And then it's random too. So like, it doesn't matter. Like it, it's something that'd be normally inconsequential, but game three hits like, oh yeah, it turns out programming joke. If you did sleep with this one character, you are going to die because of it. <laughs> hey, Bioware, heads up. If you're listening to this, Space Aids, maybe consider it next time yeah. you make a game. Think it's about just Space like, Aids. Yeah, it's just like real Aids, but from space. <laughs> <laughs> can survive in a vacuum that's why it's there um, <laughs> but yeah I, I guess what about you guys though uh, any honorable mentions you want to throw out there i feel like i cannot speak about rpgs without talking about skyrim uh, oh, yeah mm-hmm. you know like and I don't even think it's something that needs to be gone into very deeply. Like we all know Skyrim. Oh, yeah, we Everyone know Skyrim. knows yeah. Skyrim. Mm-hmm. But um, that again is a game that I am just, you know, patiently waiting for the next rendition of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and I, I think too, it's just cause, you know, you can do whatever you want and you can spend, you can play the game you could play the game for a year without ever touching the main quest line. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, and and, this, and the, the funny thing about this, Chelsea, is that, um, you know, I, I actually have been playing Elder Scrolls almost since the beginning, too. Mm-hmm. And so for them to be able to keep making games like this and me not getting burnt out on them, Joe knows I burn out on things quick. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so he does. He gave aliens cloning marines. He looked at the cover of the game. And he's like, "Nope, burnt out." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can't do this one, Joe. No. Like that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> it's it's forever a coaster after just looking at the cover. <laughs> Sixty dollar coaster. <laughs> it's a handsome coaster, and that's really that's that game's best use. It really is. <laughs> I, you know, I, so to Chelsea's point, though, Joe, I mean, 
you know, playing, so I didn't play uh, Elder Scrolls since Arena, but I played it since Daggerfall mm -hmm. and then Oblivion and then, you know, Skyrim. Yes. And, and I mean, the, the, the stories from, from game to game, I mean, they don't necessarily have the same impact as let's say a Mass Effect would, mm -hmm. but, but the lore and the dedication that Bethesda has to continuing to expand on those things and then to pay attention to it all and be able to connect it all together. I mean, that is the biggest thing to me because you can pick up a book off of a shelf and Chelsea, you can test this too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you and can only just... Chelsea because I don't read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not playing a video game to read. God damn it. Um... What is this school? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you elected me to lead, not to read. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's true though, dude. I mean, if you, if you like these games, I mean, if you give them the time of your day, you can take a book off a shelf. You can read stuff, and I mean, that's just as entertaining sometimes as the actual game. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Yes, the lore is extremely, extremely thought out and rich. And so, I mean, again, it touches on you know the people that are maybe wanting to sit there and play in like a, a role playing setting and have mm -hmm. it be very immersive like that. Like that's going to appeal to those types of people, which are absolutely out there and it's important. And so it's kind of cool, you know, you don't have to sit there and read that stuff. You don't have mm -hmm. to do anything with it, but if you want to, you can, and it just makes that much more of the game. I totally agree with you. It's just, it's, it's just like that all you can eat buffet. You know, <laughs> if you, if you've got your two or three go-to things that you always get fine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But but you're going to be just as happy with the other stuff you haven't tried yet. Yeah, you've got all this lore to eat yet. Yeah. Yeah. And like yeah. countless NPCs to talk to. And the other part about that too, Joe, if you kill some of those NPCs, it can drastically impact the story in some of the earlier games yeah. to where it says, like you literally have killed so many people, the story cannot continue. <laughs> okay so they don't come back because you just blew through the game and didn't complete everything you're supposed to and when you finally get around to doing those side quests the npcs won't just come back is what you're saying what i'm saying is is that there are elements of this game and this isn't so much in skyrim but this is like some of the earlier games is that if you just decide that you want to be a serial killer <laughs> like you can kill so many people that the game can't function anymore. <laughs> the storylines don't work. The quests oh, don't no. work. Like <laughs> it's, it's like rain it in, will you? Oh my god! I'm <laughs> telling you, you yeah. done fucked up, Aaron. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Well. Um. Side honorable mention for me, honestly mostly because of like the good times I've had playing this game more than the game itself, because when it comes to RPG, it's a pretty like straightforward little dungeon crawler by the name of gauntlet legends. Oh dear Jesus. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, no. oh, I no. know. Right. And I'm talking like even before they ported it to the N64 and it was just an arcade game. And I remember like it being at, um, Cozy's Pizza in ca uh, off of Castle Lock Rake in good old Moston, Wisconsin, hometown. <laughs> Woo, exit 69. That's all we got. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, we would play Gauntlet Legends, and it would be like me and like three of my friends, and it would just be so much fun. And that's where like you get all the fun, like use keys to open doors, red wizard need food bad. 
yeah. all that stuff from Goblin Legends. And yeah, you know, God, I just loved it. It was simple. And like, like with Legends, it was pretty, pretty basic too. Like you had like what uh, a barbarian or warrior class. You had um, a wizard. Uh, yeah. And honestly, I don't even remember the other two because I only played the wizard. And I just you know I had a friend who swung his sword around every once in a while. I'm like, I'm just a wizard. I'm gonna throw shit from a distance. This is yeah. how I operate. I'm not I'm not going in there like guns a blazing. I'm standing back, Wanda throwing. That's what I'm doing. The the strength character wasn't even the most fun to play with, like you said. Like no one was going for the warrior or the Valkyrie. Like they were just That's, typically there they go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was usually like wizard or archer. Those are the fun ones. Like just yeah. let's just shoot the shit out of everything and hope mm -hmm. it doesn't get to us in time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it was just how far can we, we, like, our parents have given us $3 to spend. That's, like, not including pizza. Like, we pizza is its own budget. But we've got $3. How much of this game can we get through? We're and either buying... Just, you're either buying bubble gum that loses its flavor before you get done at the checkout or you're playing mm -hmm. gauntlet legends. Yeah, exactly. And you're going <laughs> to have your soda and your pizza and you're playing gauntlet legends until you're told you have to go home or yeah. you die completely. Uh, <laughs> and of course, like, I don't think we, I don't think my friends and I, I don't think we ever actually beat it on the arcade. It wasn't until like we made it to the Nintendo before they ported it to the N64 that we actually ended up beating the game. But even then, like, okay, well, here's the deal. We're just not going to sleep until we beat this game. Told, dude, totally. <laughs> What's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah, oh. no big deal. It's the summer. We don't have responsibilities. We're in the seventh grade. Who cares? <laughs> Literally, not no one's sleeping dependent. is a theme that I've we've talked about a couple of times here. So I guess that's <laughs> how you know that you have a good game is yeah, when I... you are convinced that you don't need sleep anymore. A basic human thing that you absolutely need. But yeah. you know, this game's too good, you don't need it. No, you got time. Mountain Dew and Friends. What yes. else? Yeah, and, and and video games. Like you don't need the sleep thing in the equation. Because <laughs> this was a time when we were innocent enough where Mountain Dew's caffeine level would actually do something. Yeah. I was gonna say we had Surge, we had Mountain Dew, we had I mean <laughs> Jolt, baby. Jolt, yes. <laughs> we had lethal levels of caffeine in everything we did. So yes, we were playing till 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs>